Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I have John Williams with me. So John runs his mortgage brokerage called Charlie Bridges Mortgages and Protection and also runs Charlie Bridges Wills and Estate Planning, which I quite like the Charlie Bridge name. I've always said that to John, but we'll talk about that branding a bit later on as well. So he set this company up at the end of 2019 and I got chatting to John just before lockdown, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it was the first conversation back then. So when I first spoke to John, um, knew he's always got words of wisdom john always knows the right thing to say (laughs) he always shoots from the hip so we was talking about this before we started recording it's not going to be pre it's not no pre-questions or anything like that it's just going to be shooting for shooting from the hip with john so his company charlie bridges has gone from strength to strength and it's extremely busy at the minute I'm sure John will agree with me. The biggest thing that's seen him through this exponential growth of the company, I wouldn't say it's personal approach from him. I wouldn't say it's his worldly advice. It's probably the copious amount of gin that John drinks after, <laughs> <laughs> after a busy day. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So without further ado, I welcome John to the podcast. How are you doing? Doing well, Chris. Thanks for having me. And thanks for the gin. I appreciate it. I've got one on, I've got one on the go at the moment. <laughs> we, uh, we normally have, we have like a conversation. We probably speak every, well, before the last few weeks. We speak every yeah. couple of weeks, don't we? Yeah, and have a chat. Fair, we do. It's normally on a Friday afternoon at about four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and we debate what time we need to crack open a bottle of wine or a bottle of gin or something. At that Absolutely. Point. First to do, it's normally the winner. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm excited to have you on here. And I know this Thank is you. going to be a great one. I'm going to release this just before Christmas because we're on December the 16th now. Mm. It will be a really good, easy listen, but I'm sure John will give us some wisdom of the, the mortgage and of course the wills world as well. Mm. So I wanted to start, John, if you could tell us a little bit about your life before sure. a mortgage, being a mortgage broker. So um, I joined the police at 19 and uh, I was a policeman from the age of 19 for the next 14 years and uh, I fell into financial services completely by chance so um, a lady who did my mortgage for me we ended up being really good friends and just like me and you we just clicked and headed off and, uh, and and then she jokingly said one day well do you know what John if you ever have a bad day give me a ring and I had that bad day and then um, she was like right I said, do you remember that conversation we had? She's like, yeah, right, study this, this, and this. And that's what I did and got my CMAP and then my equity release certificate and then the, the world's the rest is history. Really. Oh, God, so it's a bit of, on a bit of a whim then, was it? Mm, yeah. What I happened mean, on that? This is quite, this would be a good story if it's, mm, I don't know if you can let us know, but what happened on that day for you to say, oh, the police? Um, I think I just, I just realised that I had my film and I'd fallen out of love with it. Hello. Um the the police and certainly public services and hats off to everything they've done throughout the last year because it's been mm. magnificent what they've done um but i just i just felt that it's now a lifestyle and it's not the career it used to be and so uh, certain things changed which i didn't agree with and i and as i say i just ended up falling out of love really and i thought well i can either stay in it and be unhappy or i can go and blaze my own trail and do something what i want to do and as you know, I can't sit still or do as I'm told for too long. So um, decided that I'd uh, 
I'd try and retrain, which is what I did, and then fell into a state agency, and now I've my own firm. When you said, when we first started speaking, you said you're a police officer, I mm. thought, I couldn't think of anyone else apart <laughs> from being a police officer, because you're not, you're not to be, you don't like, not, not being told what to do, but you have your own views on things, and I yeah. suppose that would be quite hard in that industry, because it's very regimented, isn't it? Yeah, it can be, but then on the same note, there used to be um, lots of situations where um, I would be able to talk to people where other people couldn't because it was it was almost the the way that I delivered it and people knew that was me rather than just somebody going in and you know being all, all airy fairy around the houses you know you get the blow done you deliver whatever it is to deliver and then you can pick the pieces up later and I think that's probably what I've taken into financial services when I deliver bad news to people it's all about being that people person as well yeah. as you said yeah yeah, absolutely. You've so come on, be... give us a give us a story from the police, one that you're oh, allowed to tell us. That's either that a funny one to tell or... you. Um, oh, good lord! Let me think. Let me think. Ever, had, ever been called out to somebody like chained to a bed or something? Something gone wrong? <laughs> I I did I did um, do something once. I was called to a house, and a guy had mirrors swinging from every ceiling in the bedroom. <laughs> Was this when um, you was at work, mate? Or was yes, it was. Sadly, it was. Yeah, but sadly, no, it is. It's definitely I was at work. Definitely. Um, but I also, I've, I've done loads of different things, and I've done things that um, will make your toes curl. I've done things that will Imagine. make your belly laugh. And um, you know, the the big thing going back to why I fell into financial services was because I I want to look back and think I've got no regrets. I definitely have no regrets of what I did. I've got no regrets of leaving, and I've got no regrets of setting up on my own. Good. That's good. Leads me perfectly onto the next question. Mm. Being a mortgage advisor, what would you say is the best part of being one? I love it when people say no. You can't get me that. Ah, right. Okay. Because I'm. I love a challenge. I've always loved a challenge. I don't know why, um, but I love it when people set me the impossible to do. Because then I think about it and I think, well, I know where I can go to get you what you want just just stick with me buy into it and we can make it happen and sometimes it's quite bumpy but we get there nine times out of ten and have you found that that's probably a lot more prominent during covid from me on the outside not being a mortgage broker looking at mortgage brokers mm. it's so important to seek out that knowledge of a mortgage broker now because yeah. if you take furlough payments for example from me looking at you guys that are skilled in this area you know not to go to lender a but lender mm. b and c will do it if we have these certain documents, do yeah. you like that kind of it's problem solving, isn't it? It really? is. It is. It's to say, you know, look what I used to do. I've just moved into a different arena and I still, I still solve problems for a living. That's what I do. But yeah, it's definitely knowledge driven. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and the best one I had was my mum said I should have this because. And it's like, right, okay. <laughs> Your mum's not a mortgage advisor, is she? She probably had a mortgage 15 years ago. So, completely um, different back then, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, going to see a mortgage advisor, uh, sorry, a mortgage broker who mm. doesn't work for a bank or an estate agency is definitely, in my opinion, the way to go. And the reason why I say estate agency is because most estate agents will own the mortgage uh, side of the business as well. So, there's a vested yeah. interest in the agent to push things through whereas myself i don't work for anybody other than the client which is the best way in my opinion it's the most healthy because then you get a true um you get the what's the right way to say it 
you're getting the best product that I think you can get rather than what I think you should get to get into that property, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's almost you're not you're not getting the mortgage to facilitate that move. You're helping them with their mortgage because mm. it's perfect. What I was just about to say is it, it's that long term relationship. You're not the kind of guy, and I hope re- people can realise in the five minutes that we've been on this podcast, very friendly, very personable. Mm. You're not the kind of person that would say, "There's your mortgage." you're done. I'm never going to hear from you again. You're right. saying, right, there's your two, there's your three year fixed. Mm-hmm. Let's speak in two and a half years when it's due up. And let's have a conversation about your plans moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's, Absolutely. that's how I see you as a, as a mortgage advisor. You know, when I talk to my clients, the one thing I say to them is six months before your rate ends, I'm going to phone you and say, hello, I'm the guy that got you into loads of debt. Let's get you out <laughs> of that and let's get you some more. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Bang on. And I, I look at all the clients I've helped and, you know, I, I just see them as individuals. So if you tell me their name, I can tell you roughly what their circumstances were at the time. And I just drip in every now and then just, you know, send an email, just say, you know, happy Christmas, happy Easter, whatever it is, or, you know, your rates coming up to an end. Let's have a chat. When's good for you. And I, and I think that it's not mortgage advice used to be transactional where it was just get in, get as much done as you can and get out again. Whereas now I think people are starting to realize that once you have that rapport and that relationship, this person already knows you're inside out and back to front because you've had to tell them once already in two or three years time, you don't necessarily want to have to go and repeat it. So I'm starting to see now people coming back through, which is great. um, Or people that I've helped before, you know, in, in other areas where they've come back to me and said, oh, so-and-so said you did a really good job with that. Can you talk to me? Yeah, yeah. of course, can, no problem. And that, the great thing, I'll talk about social media because this is what the podcast is about. It's about talking about brokers and how they can use social media. You saying there that you, you look after John Smith and in five years' time, he's going to come back. He could follow you on social for the next three or four years and just keep up to date with what mm-hmm. you're doing. Um, and before you... Be- before you even realize that person knows what your life's been like for the last three years through the business. It's just a great way, I think, to touch base with your clients. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that social media is becoming, um, it's becoming the new advert tool. And I say the new advert tool because it's always been there and people have got a lot of business out of social media historically, but it's, it's new in the way that I'm now using it. So I'm doing a lot more video content. I'm doing a lot more um, blogs. I'm doing a few more eBooks. I'm doing so many different things that I never did before. And it might not be new to some people, but it's new to me. That's I'm going to dig into that a bit further because that's interesting. I never, I never realized you did eBooks and things. So Mm -hmm. we'll dig into that a bit further in Mm -hmm. in a bit, if that's all right. Sure. In terms of where you work from did you work from the office before lockdown did you and how has that changed and what does working from home look like at the minute so i've when i left estate agency um so i left the police i went into estate agency and i was in estate agency for about three and a half years and then i started working um around the country and then um yeah once lockdown happened um we got to sort of the the summertime and um sort of july august and then yeah the office just was born and i've just started from a monitor and a uh, a laptop and i've now got desktop three monitors i've got scanners i've got printers i've got blooming everything it's just as the business has grown it's meant that i've needed to to evolve so my it man loves me at the moment because every time i phone him i either want to buy something or he has to fix something and he's always hoping (laughs) to perform and not the latter (laughs) 
John was saying before we started recording this, John was saying he tried to get ahead of the game by ordering like a mic off Amazon. Was it Amazon? <laughs> yeah. it was supposed to come this morning. He didn't. It didn't. It, um... it didn't rock up. Amazon man's not here. That's not good. Poor woman. <laughs> so talk to me about the the wills and the estate planning. How how did you? Because you've got Charlie Midbridge's mortgage and protection. Yeah. And then you've got a separate entity which is Charlie Bridges wills and estate planning. Yeah, that's it. How did you get into that field then? So um, what I noticed was a lot of my clients, historically in the state agency and, and still now, um, they're quite happy to borrow hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of debt. And you go to all the level of saying, well, look, you know, you're going to need life cover for this and you're going to need protection for this and whatever else. And that's great. You put it into trust. But actually, they don't say who gets the house when they die. Good point. Very good point. And. Um, and so when I drilled into it a bit more with clients and I said, look, if it was free, obviously we'd all have it, wouldn't we? And they were like, yeah, of course. But what, what's the sort of cost point? What do you think it costs to get a will? And some were crazy. They were coming out with like a thousand pound for a single will. And you think, no, So you that's... always ask this question like <clears throat> towards the end of the appointment. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I want to know what's, what's in their head. Because if cost is their driver, and I can say that, you know, actually, and I'm use our pricing as an example. So I'll say, look, a single will is 197 quid. When you're in that mindset for 200 exactly. quid, you think, well, it's worth it. Exactly. And so you just, you may as well, if you're going to do what I would determine as a proper job, by you know you've, you've got the mortgage you've protected the client you've got everything sorted why not give them a will and you've just made sure that who gets what they want at the age they want at the time they need it's it's a no-brainer in my head so i decided that i'd offer uh, wills to my clients which has gone really really well and um you know it's it's taken off and and then i thought well how can i sort of help other people because that's what i tend to do so i've started offering it to brokers so brokers who don't offer wills um will be in a similar position to me but you know nobody's saying who gets the right thing at the right person at the right time so you know feed me the referral business and we can have that conversation and and so brokers are slowly coming on board now which is great because mm -hmm. i think that certainly with what's coming potentially in, in March with a few uh, people, lots of people who've been redundant, et cetera. It's going to be a time where brokers certainly are going to have to look at alternative sources of income and yes, wills, if you are, don't yeah. write them, is a great way to do it. Yeah, that's two things they want to touch on. The mm. first one, I think if anybody's starting out, there might be mortgage brokers on here that hadn't even thought of this. To ask that question at the end, to say, look, have you looked at a will? Well, no, I've never. How much do you think a will actually costs? that's a that's a huge driver because if they turn around and say well it's 500 quid that's why i haven't well i've got a product here that will do the job for 197 pounds mm -hmm. and then the second one is if i was a mortgage broker i'd be referring to you for the wills yeah because it's a separate entity it's a separate branding charlie bridges if you if you do have a minute and i'll put all the websites in the, mm. in the notes take a look at the website because it is it's very nicely branded it looks very professional and it's to me, it's a very friendly brand. It's all about family. That's, That's who you are. Yeah. But That's if I was a mortgage broker, I'd be referring to you. Get your mortgage for under 200 quid. Uh, yeah. Sorry, get your will for under 200 quid. Exactly. And, and mirror wills, are because there's a bit more work involved, it's, it's 247, I think, the price. But the prices are on the website anyway. But the, the thing with me is that I've, I've written it from – I've written the, the sort of um, – the idea of the business from a broker's point of view. 
And the one thing that I will always tell brokers, and you may need to edit this bit out, is I'm not going to nick your clients because I can't be asked with the aggro. You know, they're your yeah. clients. Everything I do is electronic. And, and that's the way that um, I, I do things. So there's most cases where I don't actually need to speak to the client at all because everything's done by email. And if there's any conversations that need to be had, I'm more than happy to have them with you. And if you want me to go to the client, great. And if not, then, you know, you, you have that conversation and just relate it back to me. I think that's clever the way you've split the two up because yeah. it can be, it can be something on its own. They're not referring to Charlie Bridges mortgages. It's to Charlie Bridges wills. Exactly. And that's, that's the whole idea because I mean, the, my, my mortgage networks, I'm an AR, my mortgage network were insistent that they needed to be separate anyway because of various insurance reasons and everything else. But I would have done it so in any case, because I just think that mortgages and protection on the left, wheels on the right, they're like fire and ice. They just don't go together until they're ready to, if that makes sense. So why run yeah. the two businesses side by side? It didn't make sense. And they're completely different branding in terms of colors and everything, aren't yeah. they? So yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So I'll pop that in the comments, guys. If anybody in the um, podcast comments, if you do want to get in touch with John, I'll put all your contact details in there as well. Sure. So when it then comes to social media, how important do you think it is for businesses to be on social media? And, and if you can talk me through what you do at the minute. So for me, social media is is the biggest part of my advertising strategy. So okay. I have social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I have local press adverts that go through about 25,000 doors every month. I've got adverts in cinemas. Um, and I didn't know you did cinemas. Yeah, so some of the ads you did me actually, they're going into a local cinema. Um, oh, awesome. When that gets back up and running. So. Print media, definitely. I think people say print media is dead, but I don't think it is. Do because okay. They, well, Expand on that then. <laughs> <laughs> so you imagine there's there's people of a certain age who still look at local uh, referral booklets that come through the door. There's people who will still go to the cinema and will look at a newspaper to see what's on. Um, it's not all about being on your phone all the time, and I think that as a <laughs> going as a sort of generational thing that you know whereas people i mean i'm in my late 30s well mid to late 30s and so we're kind of a bit of both a bit of tech and a bit of bit of old school yeah yeah whereas you look at people today and half of them are walking down the street holding the phone staring at it and you just think come on there's more more out there than that so if there's more there's different communication levels then i think there's diff there's got to be different levels for adverts as well you know it's a good point. I, I always relate it back to um, back to the meme. Um, if you've seen it, there's kind of like a person in the '90s, and they've got loads of posts come through, and they they've got a bit of a face on them, like our oh, post. But then they're sat at the computer. Oh, I've got one email. I'm going to read that email. <laughs> Whereas now it's kind of like we've got a thousand emails. But if you if I got a handwritten letter in the post, yeah. I'm like, oh my, I'm screw my emails i'm going to sit there and read it it's funny isn't it it's and crazy how it reversed. does have, have to be have to be that balance and i think covid has had an effect where it's very hard to do a physical canvassing campaign mm. because of all the risks involved that's why people have switched switched to social but yeah print will never go away as long as we are out there walking mm -hmm. looking at billboards it's a guy that i follow gary v who's huge on marketing you just go where the attention is yeah and if that exactly switches not. to print overnight, then we look at print. 
it's it's mm. it all depends on where the eyes are really exactly and and i think that if you go in with one strategy and you just say right i'm only gonna do facebook yep i know there's more facebook accounts in the world than there are people currently but you're then looking at people if you want to target people that don't use facebook you're relying on somebody saying do you remember rather than being put in front of somebody who might need your service and that for me is all about having that different strategy and thinking right well I've gone for print, I've gone for socials and LinkedIn and all the rest of it that I do. But is there any other ones that I can think of? And so I was thinking about this. This is how, how crazy it got for me, certainly during lockdown, because I thought, how can I tell people that I'm here? And so I thought, well, do I just get my ad plastered all over the back of a bus? And I thought, well, buses drive around everywhere. You know, it's, it's constantly being viewed by different people. And I thought... I'll give that a look. But then when I came back from sort of lockdown and things started moving again and the stamp duty took off, I didn't get the time. So it's something yeah, I haven't done good. yet, but mm. it's something that I'll look to do in the future. Most definitely. Yeah. Just, I've always been interested in, in how people consume, consume mm. adverts. And yes, everything is on social at the minute. Um, but things like texts, Everybody during, well, when I had mobile phones like 2008 onwards, everything was text and it got boring. So everyone went to WhatsApp. If yeah. I receive a text now, it is actually intriguing to me because I think what well, I haven't used text in ages. What does this, it's normally, it's like an order from Argos or Dunelm or something. <laughs> well, you shown where you shop now, Argos and Dunelm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I meant to say Waitrose and the white company. <laughs> I was going to say with your bills, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Um, but it is it's interesting to see how how people adapt to change especially in marketing and you, like i said you can't you can't just rely on that one one source of um advertising i obviously I specialize in social media but well yeah yeah you do and and you know i mean just so everybody knows i met chris probably when did we meet was it february no march time wasn't it march, yeah, march April. yeah and uh you were still in your old job and it was yeah. a case of right well um this is what i'm thinking this is what i'm feeling and and we had a very honest conversation didn't we and you were like right i think we can do something carried on chatting and then later on i've got i've never ever put out an ad that hasn't had compliments by people so oh awesome that's great it's, it's amazing because if you look at some of the ads we've put out it's all about provoking thought but keeping you there long enough to realize what the message is so yeah. the first ad me and chris did was um it was a french bulldog wearing a suit and it's it's just got mortgage advice with that suit and tie on it and the idea is is simple and i love that ad and it's my screensaver to this day so every time i log on in the morning i see that ad and it really does make me smile but you know people one thing that people do is they stand out and think well there's lots of advertising here, but that one stands out to me because that one stands out. Yeah. And, and that's what I think marketing's about. And ju just for the record, because I don't want to take any, um, what's the word? Take any credit. So John and I don't work together on his social media channels. You've got, um, Bella, Bella marketing. I do Bella marketing. Yeah. yeah. I've, spoken to, yeah I've spoken to her over Instagram. Lovely, lovely lady spoken a few times. So yeah. John has a separate person that looks after his social media and then I help him with the, the print ads. Um, Absolutely. Ads. And the, the normal ads as well. 
so the the print yes, ads yeah. do become the, the normal ads too but but yeah sorry i should have made that clear so um the reason why purely i have a, a, a separate distinction is because i already had that relationship with with leela before oh, sure. um you know we we came into into sort of contact with each other um but yeah i just didn't want to sit there and take credit for, for her work so <laughs> no, if no, you no, listen Leela, this yeah. i'm just to say that <laughs> Bella yeah. Mark, no on a, it's it's nice to be able to speak to people for me in the same field and yeah. have a conversation with them especially yeah. somebody that works after sorry looks after mortgage broker social media definitely and and you know if you have the ability to um afford the cost and i say afford because when you start out in business everything's a cost and until you start yeah. getting the money coming in but invest in someone in your socials is the biggest biggest help i've ever had because i just leave them um, and when we talk uh, me and chris will talk and we'll say right this is my, my mood what do you think and then we'll we'll banter with a little bit and then we'll go away we'll come back with some more ideas and some rough rough sort of drawings and stuff and you build that relationship with people and it's the same with with your social um managers you know i just leave them to it and i just say this is what i'm thinking they come back and say right there's your man plan for the month john what do you think yeah that's about right we'll do that and then it's as simple as that it's about me get i get to know all my brokers on a personal level because mm. your voice the way that you would have an advert created will be completely different from john smith that i look after who wants to be a bit more I don't want to say professional because you are professional. Choose <laughs> <laughs> your words carefully, more. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to uh, note to self, edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, 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 everybody has their own voice on social media because what I don't want to happen is, um, oh, sorry, on adverts, I don't want to portray a certain voice for you. Then they phone mm. you up and you're this laughy, jokey character and they go, have I phoned the right company? Exactly. That's where you want that consistency. And that needs to run through your social channels, your website, your print adverts, even down to your voicemail. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's You need to be that personal side. Absolutely. You know, when I left uh, estate agency, the first thing I did was cut up all my old suits. Did you? Got rid of them? Because I don't want to be. I'm not corporate. I'm, I'm many things. Corporate, I am not. Um, yeah. And that's just because of the way that I am you know I can be professional of course and I can I can hold court with anybody that's not a problem but the way that I come across certainly with with everybody that I deal with is me because if you're putting on a no if you're putting on a persona you're soon going to get seen through and you know the same with my clients I mean we we have a long conversation so we'll start off probably for about 30 minutes when we um, first get to know each other, work out what they want, work out if I can help them or not. And then when we're going through the fact find, I'm sort of finding all about them. And, and that's where I'm doing my groundwork with them, cracking a few jokes because I'm understanding them as an individual. That's, that's the yeah. big thing because they've come to me for a reason, but I need to know how to manage them. That's the thing that I'm learning and that's what I'm doing all the time. That is the key. And I think somebody starting out in the mortgage world and all of the experienced mortgage advisors that I speak to say, CMAP is just the beginning. Oh God, That's yeah. not, That is not mortgage advice. Mortgage advice is exactly what you've spoken about. That's half an hour getting to know your client. And okay, that can be adopted to everything in sales, but you need to be that trusted individual that understands every customer. So if you're just starting out in being a mortgage broker, 
that half an hour before you start getting into your figures is the most important part, isn't it? It is, absolutely. I mean, I've been fortunate that I've done some coaching and, and mentoring on, as a consultant for, for another firm. And uh, the thing that I find is that when, you're, when you've got somebody new into the industry, the first thing is, is that CMAP has probably scared them into thinking that, you know, if you get this wrong, you're going to be you're going to be throwing you're saying the wrong thing or write the wrong absolutely and as long as people by people so if you're very wooden and um uh, you know you're very professional we're all professional of course but if you're very wooden and very to the point and very um legislative driven mm-hmm. then that's how you're going to come across and you're not going to attract those kind of people very often yeah whereas people that you can talk to I had a client who phoned me up uh, late on Friday last week and it was, John, I'm really sorry I've missed you, but I need this. Can I have it? Okay. Sorted. That was it. Done. Yeah. I, I might have been out an hour or two late, but for me, that was worth it because the relationship that we've, we've got, and I didn't do it to enhance anything or to say, do you remember when? I did it because he called me, he asked me, could he have it? And he had it. And that's the way that you can be and you can be yourself and you can relax with people because there's nothing worse. And as I was saying, going back to consultancy, this is something I try and drill into people all the time because if you're relaxed and you're yourself, you're going to find it a hell of a lot easier. Mortgage is a stress on a bike as it is. The last thing you need is to think I've got to behave in a particular way. And so the other, I, I spend love a lot that saying. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I think that should be the title of this. Um, What's that? Stress <laughs> on a bike. Mortgages are stress on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They can be. They can be really, really difficult as well. You know, and and people will just lenders are struggling because they can't cope with the volume. Yeah. That most of them still aren't back to work yet, so they've got this criteria which is probably a third of what they'd normally do. Everybody now, for some reason, since lockdown, has just come out with a 10% deposit. And so <laughs> where, where do you go? Yeah. So it, it's, it, by you being yourself, it allows you to relax a bit more because you're Absolutely. not that wooden persona, are you? Exactly. Sorry, we've gone completely off social media yeah. there. but Don't worry about it. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you a little bit about LinkedIn because mm. you are, well, when you were a bit quieter, since you've been busy, it's been harder for you to get on there. But you're yeah. a big user of LinkedIn. On, and that's how you got to know people like the likes of Ash Borland and, yeah. and those type of people. Yeah. So I wanted to know your thoughts on LinkedIn and talk to us about what Ash Borland has, has taught to you about. Oh, what has Ash taught me? Ash is a top bloke. And if I didn't meet Ash, I wouldn't be half as confident as I am now when it comes to marketing and branding and me as a personal brand. Awesome. Um, it was definitely the investment definitely definitely worth it um what do i do with linkedin so linkedin for me it's it's not just about connecting with other mortgage advisors per se it's about talking to other people talking to your demographics talking to people that you want to target and you don't always have to be businessy and you see people go oh it's it's not facebook it's linkedin and you think well are we all really wouldn't you know do we have to come on and adopt a persona however you're going to look at it linkedin is going to become like facebook there's no you can't change it exactly and so for me linkedin purely is about um celebrating what i've done where i've helped people 
people that have helped me get to where I'm, certainly you, Ash, are a massive part of that. Gary Das, who I'm working with at the moment, he's a massive part of what I'm doing for next year. And it just, it's just about having that bit of recognition, I think, because as brokers, we tend to live in a bubble that we've got everybody the job and we've done it all great, nice. But sometimes we just want to say, do you know what? I'm really pleased with that and I want to tell everybody. And that for me is what LinkedIn's about. It's about your, you're selling yourself. You know, you're you're telling people what you've done well, you know, and that's what I think LinkedIn should be. It should be fun. It should be. I mean, one of my posts the other week was, um, what's your favorite Christmas film? You know, some people say, oh, it's it's about being professional. Well, it's just about engaging with people. Far removed from that, isn't it? Exactly. We're all people. We're all bloody humans at the end of the day. I don't go on LinkedIn. I, funnily enough, I always say to people, if somebody connects with you on LinkedIn that you used to work with years ago, they're looking for a new job. But if they've never been on LinkedIn, that's what happens. Definitely. People that are on LinkedIn, like the likes of Ash, Gary Das, myself, you a lot of people that are always on linkedin it's just about connecting and speaking Mm. to people it's building a relationship that if you had an issue you could maybe send that person a message and say look i've heard you've dealt with this before any chance or you telling somebody about a certain case that you got through there might have been another person struggling with it Mm-hmm. kind of like gives you a thumbs up and goes, oh, that's amazing. I've been in exactly the same boat. That's where you can connect with your peers where that wouldn't happen on the likes of Facebook or, or Instagram. Absolutely. And I think that's that's what's so important with it. I mean, my because my since we've, we've relaunched, um, I've now got a couple of people working with me, which is great, but that obviously takes time. And so my socials have probably slipped quite a bit, which is something that I'm looking to bring back into into sort of next year but i definitely say use a posting app or somebody like yourself to build a, a, a schedule and just yeah. spend a day a week or an afternoon a week just thinking right what am i going to post out today and it can be anything you know it could be like um how do you like your tea yeah it doesn't have, have to be business posts absolutely i mean yeah have some business posts in there of course but it could be anything like Fun Friday. Leela will always talk to me about Fun Friday. What are we going to do for Friday, John? I haven't got a clue. I can let you into a little sneak um, preview that there is a Christmas video coming out for Charlie Bridges, and it involves me wearing a red Christmas hat amongst other clothing, and I'm swinging it around my head. So just keep I your love eyes the way out. That you had to say amongst other clothing because just to make we've sure. worked together long enough, Chris. That would have been your first question. <laughs> <laughs> It, literally, if you'd said, I'm wearing a red hat, it'd be like, uh, just to stop you there, John. <laughs> so, um, yes, that's that's my idea. Because, uh, you know, it's, as you say, go back to social media and branding. It doesn't have to be stiff and wooden at all. It's just, no. it's just you. People I'm glad you, you said that. Sit down and schedule the post the the podcast previous to this it's the top four tools that i recommend for free and mm-hmm. i talk about scheduling posts how you can create them so if you are interested in that go back and have a have a listen to that podcast as well i always i always ask my people that come onto the show this mm. question if a parent came to you and said social media is the root of all evil i need to keep my children off it what would your answer be why Okay. So they turn around and say, I've heard so much bad stuff about social media. I don't want my son or daughter seeing any of it. Then um, education, I think, probably might be the way forward. Um, 
my mum is an avid user of the Daily Mail app and I call them mum mails and every so often I, re you know, I get a mum mail come through and it's house prices are going to fall by a third. Just because you see it doesn't mean it's always going to happen. And, okay, and like so, that. you know, I think a lot of it is just about you can educate people in certain ways. And I think by letting somebody have a little dabble in social media doesn't mean they're going to turn into whatever overnight. Um, but it's, yeah. it's about it's about so many different things, I think. But social media isn't the root of all evil. It's what you look at on social media because you can find anything on it. Yeah. So if you're, if you're yeah, going for that point. thing, I think you've probably already got that in your head. Yeah, if you've got this perceived idea of social media already, you will see the negatives in it. Yeah, but sure. I think, and it starts at a school level again, doesn't it? And this is where I always have this argument about mortgages or finance should be taught in school. And I oh. think there should be an area of social media sure. as well. Finance, definitely, definitely, definitely 100%, should be taught in school. Yeah. If I knew what I had learned the very hard and very expensive way at 25, when I was younger, I wouldn't have gone out and racked up so many stupid credit card debts and had a champagne lifestyle and ginger beer pocket. It was just, <laughs> it was ridiculous. And Bank of Mum and Dad, as always, you know, you, helped you, you out. And, and you think, right, I'm not going to do that again. But yeah, it was very, very expensive. And financial education, look after your credit report. Biggest bit of advice I could give you. Pay your bills on time and you'll be fine. Awesome, awesome, nice bit of advice. Now we've got to the bit of the show that I love asking this question because mm. I get so many different answers. So we're going to pretend that you've moved an upsticks to the north of Scotland. Right? Okay. You've got a laptop and a mobile phone with an internet connection. Yeah. What are the top tips for a mortgage broker to be starting out? So say you're starting again, you don't know anybody, but you've got your laptop, mobile phone and internet. What would you do to build your business? Oh, uh, first things first, Facebook page, Instagram page, LinkedIn page. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn, personally, I think would be my personal page rather than a, a business page. I think personal yeah. pages tend to do better. Um, and just post one a day, just one post a day on each platform. You can usually, your Facebook can go over to LinkedIn, uh, sorry, your Instagram and vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, and then you just copy it over for LinkedIn. So that's easy. Um, I would go out and just start introducing myself to agents and brokers. I'm just saying, look, that'd I'm be here. your first port of call. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. This is what I do. Um, if you're stuck or you've got any cases you can't progress and you want me to have a look at them, we can do that. Um, see if you can get them with an estate agent as well. That would be a big thing, definitely. Um, but just you're only your people are only going to know that you exist if you shout about yourself. And that's probably the biggest bit of advice I'd say is just tell everybody what you do. Okay. Um, so everybody down the pub, yeah. the football team, those leave business cards everywhere. Just don't leave them in phone boxes. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like a, a friend of mine's a barber and he said to me, have you got any of your new business cards yet? And I didn't have any at the time. And I said, no. And he says, well, when you do, let me have some and I'll put them in here hmm. because he knows what I do and he wants me to do well. So yeah, so and relationships people suppose, buying people, it? exactly. You know, and just yeah. saying, go into an estate agency and just say, look, if your network doesn't do it, I might be able to help you. Okay, yeah, that's a good one, yeah, to be able to just help. Yeah. I think what one of the things I always see is, is people say that you should keep your goals and your aspirations to yourself. 
I'm not a huge believer in that because if I tell you today that I am going to set up a new uh, pet grooming business mm -hmm. in your town and I'm going to be helping all type of animals, you then might have a conversation with your mom tomorrow and go, right, and she goes, oh, my pet groomer's let me down. Oh, I know the guy's just starting up. Yeah. Without me telling you any of that, you would never, and this is why I don't get why people hold, like, keep things to themselves. Just tell everybody what you do. Yeah, and absolutely. you can do that through social, you can do that word to mouth, you can do that yeah. print, you can do that cinemas. And I, and I love it when people go, oh, don't tell him. Oh, you can't tell him that. And it's a colleague or somebody else in your industry. We live in a world of abundance. There's enough of whatever abundance, we need yeah. to be able to give us all of what we want. So why don't we just collaborate? Why don't we share things? You know, I've got brokers who I'll phone and I'll say, got this case, what do you think? And because we've got that relationship, they're like, go here, here, and here. And there are times yeah. when I don't know what I'm doing, you know, with it, because I'm, I've got that many complications. I've got no idea. And yet somebody else has had one the other week. Oh, great. What did you do? Tell me about it. And so you're learning all the time. And that, for me, is about the abundant culture. If you're keeping things to yourself, when you leave the industry, because we're all going to leave it eventually, then there's just all of this knowledge that's going to go with you. But if you could have imparted some of that in somebody, then that's got to be a good thing, isn't it? Exactly. And going down this, um, the mental health route that everybody's speaking about at the moment, if you're a mortgage advisor sat in your office and you, you're speaking to your clients, but then you always have these problem files, how sad of a life is it that you can't pick up the phone to somebody in the same industry and have a chat? Yeah. Because in an office, you could maybe do that with somebody down down the corridor. Or if you don't pick up that phone, it's it, it can be a very lonely life. I expect it can be because all you're doing is you see in the office, and you if you're if you work from home, all you're doing is you're not seeing people physically. And for some mm -hmm. people, physical interaction is something really big. Yeah, well, me, I'm not really bothered to be honest. I kind of like working, you know, doing what I'm doing, and you know, working, going out to people that I want to go out to and then working remotely when I can. But so you've got the best no, of both worlds. Yeah, you, really? absolutely. You've just, you've just so got to go out and be with people, I think. Collaborations is your big thing. If you were Definitely. setting up in a town, collaborate with everybody. Yeah, like you say, your barbers, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whoever you come into contact with, tell them I'm a mortgage broker. Yeah, absolutely. Go into your estate agents and speak to the manager and just leave a couple of business cards and say, look, I'm not expecting you to give them out to clients, but if you've got anybody that you can't service and you want me to have a look, more nappy because i've had somebody coming on a saturday our mortgage advisor doesn't work this saturday but oh actually i remember yeah. john was a mortgage advisor let's test him on this one because they're not going to lose anything are they no or the other one i get quite often is you get like um a lender's not on somebody's panel so all mortgage brokers will have if they're on a network they'll normally have a panel and a uh, mm -hmm. panel of lenders available and sometimes that specific lender's not on there might be not on theirs but it's on mine that's where you could help yeah exactly and and that's where you're not going to go out and rob everybody's business but you're just going to pick little bits up and that's how your word gets around and you do one job well people start to talk and then you say well look you know i hope you'd be happy with what we've done if you could tell any of your friends because my business works on referrals that's great and then all of a sudden it starts to trickle out it's that word of mouth isn't it Definitely. so that's it collaborate guys if you're just starting out collaborate definitely Awesome. So I'm just, I hope people got some value from that, um, especially if you are starting out in the industry. It's a great way to, to really kick off your business. Now, as just before we finish the podcast, John, I asked you mm. before the podcast started, 
for a charity that's close to your heart because every guest that I have on, I'll donate £10 to that charity. So uh, thank you, firstly, for that, because you didn't have to. Um, I appreciate it. But uh, Crohn's and Colitis UK, the Lincolnshire branch of, um, is my chosen charity. Uh, family members have suffered with or still suffer with Crohn's and colitis. Um, and it's becoming uh, a more prominent condition the more people speak out about it. But the charity, Crohn's and Colitis UK, is a fantastic charity for people that have either been diagnosed and don't know how to handle the condition, want help or you know in some cases they just go out and raise awareness and i think it's a brilliant charity so if you see anybody in a purple t-shirt uh, with crohn's and colitis uk on it stick your hand in your pocket and give them a couple of quid awesome that's that's uh, that's from john williams <laughs> mention, mention his name <laughs> <laughs> absolutely awesome well mate, a massive thank you for coming on Pleasure. really enjoyed this we've we've kept it very pc compared to some of the conversations yeah, that we have. we have i didn't want you to do too much editing that's the problem <laughs> awesome no thank you very much for coming on mate i hope everybody's got a bit of value and if you want to connect with john i'll pop all his social media accounts in the comments and of course his linkedin as well you'll get him on linkedin when he's not running around tearing his hair out trying to find the perfect lender for mr <laughs> and mrs smith absolutely thanks for your time awesome. Awesome, and have a great Thanks Christmas again. New Year. Yes, happy Christmas. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.